Podcast 018, review of Dirt, the movie. Sponsored by my buddies at PantryParatus.com. Uh, they sell food preservation tools. Produce, prepare, preserve your own harvest. All right. We're going. We're going. We watched another movie, and I stayed awake this time. <laughs> That's right. Stay awake <laughs> the whole thing. You know, before we talk about Dirt the Movie, I, I kind of want to um, – there was something I thought of later that we were – from, from the, the last movie that I wanted to convey. And that is that we've got a thread out at permies.com that's all about um, cancer, curing cancer in a week. And, and um, I've directed people to this thread. And uh, the key is, is that um, there's probably been at least a dozen people that I've heard from that um, were told that they had to go under the knife, they did this, and the cancer was gone, and it's never been back. Um, and it, had in, it was entirely food-based. Um, and uh, um, the, the, the first one I ever heard of, which is the one that I start off with the, with the thread about, uh, she ate, her doctor told her, the doctor that was into this food-based beating the cancer, told her to eat grapefruit, nothing but grapefruit for like um, three days, including the seeds. And, and it did seem to me to be like, well, anyway, the important thing is this is really not my field. But, um, uh, I mean, as far as the field of like, oh, you know, let's go get all involved in diseases and, you know, the cures and things like that. Not really my thing. However, in a way, it is. I, I really do believe that that polyculture-based foods are, you know, that are that are fresh uh, are are going to make a big difference in a person's health, and and it's so radically unavailable, and that's a big step of what I'm about. And that does end up turning, you know, coming to the the movie that we just saw. Right. Well, the. Food Matters movie talked a lot about that, and then there's that thread on permies, and there's a lot of good information in there about what's an alkaline diet versus um, an acidic diet. That's a big problem we have in America. And then um, there were also some other really interesting comments people had on ways to prevent or possibly cure cancer, too. But, but then the movie today, Dirt. Dirt is the basis of life. So, and the basis of food. Um, right. So, so it's it's all about health, healthy dirt, and growing healthy food. So it it does tie together. It does it does um, all come back around. I I, I want to to close up that you know the last one about the cancer thing. I, I do want to say that every person that I've directed to that thread that thought it was nuts or thought that I was nuts or whatever, every last one of them has died. And then every, and I don't know of anybody who I directed to the thread, who then followed the advice and then did great. Right. Um, but I found several people who said, "Oh yes, that's what I did to to beat cancer," you know. And and so I don't know. I I just, and and I've had a whole bunch of people tell me I need to take it down and just stop talking about it because it's a bunch of hokum and and stuff like that. And um, my my response is, "Fuck off." I think that this is important, and I think it's attitudes like that that have made the the health industry be as fucked up as it is right now. Well, and that's that's the point 
that I thought was really well done in the Food Matters movie is that medicine is about selling medicine. A lot of it. Right. Um, Profit. Medical treatment is about selling medicine. And you can't patent foods. You can't patent an alkaline diet. Maybe you can sell a book about it, but... But I guess there were some problems with the book that did go out about it that made it you know, seem I, a little strange, the, is what some people said. The, the thing is, the problem with that book, and also with the alkaline diet, is mm-hmm. I think, as I'm not, I'm not convinced that that is the way, mm-hmm. that that's what does it. But but what I am convinced of is that, um, and it's, is that through uh, coincidence, they managed to, to, to hit upon a recipe. That that does work, and and so um, it's it's a wild ass guess. It's a it's a uh, um, uh, a shot in the dark, whatever. But it it, it does work, and and I'll bet you that that there are um, an infinite number of recipes that do work, and these are just a few. Um, and I mean, you know, there's also that movie that was uh, I think called The Beautiful Truth or something that goes into it too. And it's like, boy, they've got some nutty things that they do in there. But, I mean, they've got some very positive things. I mean, they were bashing mercury in your teeth a lot. And then in that movie, they they all they went into, like, you know, putting coffee up your butt or something. And, and I was kind of thinking... Animus, yeah. And I was kind of thinking, boy, you know what? Um, I'll bet you that this... I think that this movie would have been 20 times better if they just skipped over the coffee up your butt chart. <laughs> well, I, I think you make a good point. So the book had some really kind of shaky theories on why this certain diet that they call an alkaline diet works, where they tried some shaky science to say what it's working, but there's something about it that does work, and I think that goes back to what Pollen says about nutritionism. We can't, you know, there's there's some reasons traditional diets work that we aren't fully aware of. You know, and, and and science has tried to pick it apart and say, okay, there's this compound in, you know, in grapes and in wine, and there's this compound in tomatoes and this compound in olive oil. But for some reason, when you mix certain things together, there's some kind of synergistic effect or things that we can't measure that just work better. So so there's something about this, you know, and and as you said, the people you directed to it, most people thought it was so weird they didn't even try it. So So they died. And yeah. um you know, Darwin has some theories in this space too. Um but they died at an age where they'd already reproduced. Um uh yeah, I I think if somebody has cancer, I think the the beautiful truth would be a good one to see as well as food matters. I haven't seen the beautiful truth. Anyway. Yes, but today we watched dirt the movie. Right. And um the one thing that bothered me is is uh, right from the very beginning is is that I, I wanted them to differentiate between dirt and soil. Yeah, but the movie was based on a book called Dirt, the Ecstatic Skin of the Earth. I hope that's the exact title. And and the author of that book was in the movie quite a bit and explained why he loves dirt more than soil. Yeah, what was I can't remember what he said. What did he say? I thought it, whatever it was that he said, I thought it was lame. I think he just feels like it's an earthier word. Soil kind of feels a little bit more removed. Oh, right. Kids, kids don't go play in soil. Kids go play in dirt. Yes, that's therefore what he said. we should stop using the word soil. Well, I thought. 
No, kids want to play in the dirt. That's true. They don't want to play in the soil because it's all kind of mucky. Yeah, okay, I'm with you there. That's great. Why do we have to now call soil dirt? No, I, I that thought that was his, lame. That was his preference, and the movie was based on his book, so that's okay. why they used dirt throughout the movie. Fair enough. And and somehow they they had Paul Stamets in the movie. Yeah. And Paul Stamets referred to it as dirt, which I kind of thought Paul Stamets wouldn't call it dirt. He would call it soil. And then I thought, well, then maybe they said, this is for a movie called Dirt. Can you call it Dirt for us? Pretty please. Right. Would you? And I noticed that with quite a few of the interviewees, um, that they would they might say soil, but then they'd try and work in the word dirt. And I, I think they were trying to to do that. I did think, on the whole, the the cast of interviewees or the speakers in this movie were really high caliber, really... Um, impressive, amazing people. To my, I, to I my people them. mind, anyway. I, I like a lot. I mean, there were a few, there were several names that I recognized that came up. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were a lot of names I didn't recognize. And then there were some, there were a lot of statements, you know, that, that bothered me. But, you know, that's me. I, a lot of things like that bothered me. I should have made a list as they went on of, here's all the statements in the movie which I wish to correct. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I did not do that. Um, however, you know, speaking of big names, so now, you know, we, we watched, a couple movies back, we watched The One with the Bees, and that was Alan Page who narrated it. And right. This one was narrated by Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. And, um, and, I, and I kind of, uh, I read that book, Fear, is it State of Fear? State of Fear. I thought it was a remarkably good book. And basically the point is, is like, okay, do we want to base our choices on what we do on what celebrities say? And, and so... Um, uh, and so I kind of was thinking about that as I was watching Paul Stamet speak, and then later there's Elliot Coleman, and, and, and then uh, Wes Jackson was in there saying some good stuff, and and so I was, I, and then I was thinking, you know, they could have had like a celebrity on 10% of the time talking about a lot of the stuff, such as Alan Page, and it's kind of like, because um, some of the people that we had, to, we were listening to here, I felt like. Their knowledge, like Ellen Page, would probably have a deeper knowledge than some of the people we heard here. Hmm. So why not bring Ellen Page in and, and have her talk about some? I mean, Ellen Page has been through a PDC at Lost Valley, and it sounded like she took one of the, the longer courses, a month-long course, instead of a two-week intensive. Right, and I'll translate for any possible newbies out there. A PDC is a permaculture design course. Oh, yeah, okay. So... Uh, um, so I think that you know, after a month of that month of immersion, especially a month of immersion with um, Rick Valley, yeah. uh, I I would think that um, she would then be, she would have three times the qualifications of several of the people they had speaking, you know, in this thing that we just saw, and and so it's kind of like on the one hand, like Paul Stamets, of course, is still going to have a, a great deal more. Although I I have to say. I'm a bit pissed off at Paul Stamets these days, and and uh, for for a, a bunch of stuff I don't want to go into, but but uh, I'd I'd really like to find uh, some lovely uh, a competing competitor to Paul Stamets to to support through my evil empire. Um, Boy, that's a strong statement for a podcast. Yeah, well, I'm 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 pissed, you know, and and I feel I've been burned, and. Um, I'm I'm like I want to support people who stand behind their word, and that kind of thing. So um, I, I want to support good people. 
And and while I believe that Paul Stamets has a great deal of knowledge, I'm I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm just pissed. So um, <clears throat> moving right along. Uh-huh. I, I, I do think that um I was I was kinda of thinking about it, it's kinda of like, well if we had a show that had Ellen Page in it, would the show get watched more? I mean, would people recognize her and and put more value on her words because they recognize her from her movies and stuff? Right. The whole celebrity issue, I, I've had people complain about celebrities trying to be involved in politics, which is similar to, uh, you know, political activism, environmental activism. Celebrities, um, I I think it's great when they use their notoriety, their fame, their power uh, in our entertainment society when, when they use that for a good thing. I think that's I think it's great. Um, I, I think it can be kind of scary if they're not very informed and they're using their celebrity status to try and sway things if they're not very informed. And I think that's the complaints I've heard before. Right. But but I, but hell, even the experts that we saw today yeah. were doing a bunch of things that I don't agree with. Well, it was it was really fascinating. They were talking about the degradation of the soil and the desert desertification. Uh, I have a hard time saying that of the soil, and um, and how we need trees to maintain the soils, and how monocultures um, do not maintain soils; they deplete soils, and yet um, so much of their <laughs> farming examples were still naked. Here's something naked that's soil. awful. Here's look at this monoculture; it's so bad. Don't ever do this. It's destroying the world. It's Killing people. People are going to war because of this right. monoculture thing. Now over here we have monoculture that's good. This right. is our monoculture. Yeah. Now we're going to play the happy music. We're going to have children laughing. Ah. Yeah. Joy and happiness, monoculture. And it wasn't just. Uh, well, let's not call it monoculture. It's the you know the other one, the bad guys. That's monoculture, and they play the heavy music, and then they show right. children. Starving and dying, and dead bodies. They showed dead bodies. They did. You know, they showed war and bloody dead bodies. They did. Yeah. And so, right. Oh, that was. I. I can we not do that, please? Huh? How about some political? In fact, the, like you pointed out immediately after the movie, you know what? I think that the only polyculture in the whole movie uh, was stuff that was wild. Now, yeah. there there was one exception, but it's like it's not really a polyculture, and that was that. They had that guy, he was planting, uh, I think, tomatoes, and um, he had a vetch. He was going to grow a vetch under him, yeah. So he got two things. Yeah. And and it's like, you know, okay, one could argue that that's polyculture, but still, it's not meeting my standards. No, there were, there were some garden beds that had some mixed plantings in some, you know, very, very small garden beds, and maybe that rooftop garden. I liked that little part of it. That might have been some mixed plants and stuff, too, but... But, yeah, when they showed some of these smaller farms that were growing mixed crops, they were growing turnips and lettuces and, you know, CSA-type gardens, they still had everything in rows. They had um, tractors. They had lots of bare, bare dirt. Still tilling um, the soil. Yeah. And and and, um, and then they were showing some parts in um, 
developing nations in India and, and such where they were, you know, hoeing up all the soil and uncovering all the soil and, and, and yet talking about how much they revere the dirt, you know. And, and and dirt it was. And and but yeah, but that dirt looked awful. It looked like <laughs> dust. Yeah. And they were uncovering it more and more and, and it just it was it was kind of funny to see. It just looked it looked painful to see really when you just are going, No, it needs you know, it needs covered up. It needs more stuff composting on it. You know, the more you're raking it bare, the more it's gonna degrade. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was we saw and, and a lot of examples of look how awesome this is. I saw a lot of bare soil. Yeah. Then when they went to the Land Institute guys that were doing that prairie research, that, that was, was cool. Awesome. That was cool. That was cool. I saw you <laughs> write yeah. notes about that. That's right. And then it was at that point that we saw that. I think that's when I pulled up a piece of paper and I thought I need to start writing down the things I want to talk about in the podcast. It was about halfway through. It's like, I, I need to make a list so I don't forget things. But um, that was Wes Jackson's uh, group, I think. The Land Institute. Yeah. Yep. yep. And they were researching the root lengths of different prairie species. And they had a native annual wheat, and then they had some other perennial grass. Yeah. And the roots were amazing. It's like, look at this wheat. Here's this, here's this wheat, and we got all the roots. So they had this interesting way of doing it so they could actually examine the roots on these yeah. things. It was, it was amazing. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. And so then they said, okay, here's, here's the wheat. Let's take a look at its roots. It's about three feet. So, um, and, and it looked like, you know, he could, if you weighed it, it would weigh like a pound. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, now let's look at this perennial thing over here that also, you know, grows around here. So its its, it's roots are 10 feet long. And it, not only that, not only is it 10 feet long, so it's three times longer, but it also looked like there's 15 pounds of roots there. I mean, it was just thick as well as long. It was massive, perky. You know what it looked like? It looked like the hair from that Disney movie Tangled. <laughs> 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 Almost no. Did you see but that blonder, show? No, uh, no, okay. no. But so the previews. Yeah, yeah. I imagine the whole show is pretty well covered in the previews. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was just thinking of it because we were at that bakery where a little girl was little having girl a was having tangled her. birthday party. Yeah, yeah. But my my cake is made of hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It had hair frosting all over the cake. Yeah, yeah lovely. Mm. But um. So the guy made the point that whatever you're using as your nitrogen fertilizer, whether it's compost, whether it's manure, whether you're, you know, chopping and dropping, whether you're, it's nitrogen fertilizers, I mean chemical fertilizers, he said if there's enough rain, it can wash all that nitrogen 10 feet down. And that three-foot root system isn't going to get it. Right. It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. It's out of here. Yeah. It's yep. a home run. Yep, and then he made a really good point, too, about they had that dirt pit where they showed the dirt they were working with went six feet down. So they had a six-foot pit where it was, like, just cleaved right next to all these plants so you could literally see all the roots coming down in that pit wall. Right. And, um, and he was describing how, you know, a lot of areas there's bedrock where there's only six inches of soil or ten right. inches of soil. And he said... 
that's when you really need that perennial root system to hold all that soil there. Otherwise, it's gone. If you lose an inch or two a year, your soil is going to be gone in yeah, no time. Yeah, two, three years, you're done. Yeah. Well, yeah. and that's what I was thinking of when I saw all this naked soil, naked dirt. Right. It was pornographic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> pornographic dirt? No. Oh, because it's naked. Naked. Yeah, it took you a while. You know, yeah, was a pornographic in a bad way. <laughs> you know? Oh, bad porn. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there you oh go. I've heard of this. I've yes, of this. yes, in a bad way. So, so, um, moving, so, so leaving the porn discussion behind about good porn versus bad porn, uh, uh, let's see, oh, war comes from desert desertification. They were talking about how uh, that, that one guy was talking about how there was a war in Sudan is really all about soil. And she used the word dirt. Yeah. Use the word soil. But but basically it's, it's, it seems like the case that they were making was is it's like, you know, they've they've devastated the area. And so now you've got, you know, they're, they're, they're willing to kill in order to, I mean, basically it's, it's, it's like, you know, one group wants to survive, so they kill a bunch of other people, so that way there's uh, less people to feed, I suppose. Or, or um, But anyway, it just sounded like it was brutal and bloody and awful, and they showed dead bodies. And, right. And uh, they showed all kinds of desert scenes and all kinds of people starving to death, and it was um, it was pretty horrid. Yeah. It, um, well, the thing that was fascinating about that, well, they bounced between her and then the gal in India, and I'm terrible, I don't remember either of their names, but, um, but the gal from <clears throat> the Sudan, and she talked about the Congo, she talked about all those regions, um, she, wasn't it she who said, or maybe the narration, that 80% of, of the people in developing nations now live in cities, and they're, you know, um, and that the majority of them in cities are in um, slums and living off the garbage and living in slums and, and and because so much of the land has been wasted, they can't grow their own food. I like the guy that said that um, with proper management in Ethiopia, they can feed all of Africa. Right. You know, and I, I'm, I'm just kind of thinking, yeah, baby, that's permaculture right there. Yeah. I'm, that's what I'm talking about right there. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Well, and then and then when you switched over to the problems in India, and they talked about the horrible suicide problem in India, where they just two hundred thousand people committed suicide because of the stuff with farming, right. and and the way they committed suicide was by drinking pesticide that they could no longer afford. Yeah. So so they really presented this whole amazing awful case of you know here they were buying all this seed and buying all this equipment and buying all these fertilizers uh to farm the right way now or to be more profitable or whatever however they were sold on whereas in the past their farming didn't cost them anything cuz they could save their own seeds. They created their own fertilizer. They you know didn't they didn't use machines that basically, you know, reap <laughs> and get rid of the topsoil. And um, 
Then when they tried to buy those machines and, and they had, a, you know, a bad year, a drought year or a flood year, then they didn't have enough money to keep up with their loans. And then their fa you know, and then the suicides began. It was awful, awful, horrible. I just can't imagine. Well, and and uh, I know I've heard that in some of these uh, countries, I've heard, and I have, you know, I don't watch the news, and so I'm an ignorant boob. But I, I have heard of people that's like they they need to make a statement about how horrible things are, and so what they do to make their protest is set themselves on fire. They go to some place, they make their statement, and then they set themselves on fire. And I mean, it's like now, that's that's pretty intense, you know. It's it's you know because that's a horrible horrible way to go, and and um and that's that's showing dedication to your statement. That's showing how strongly you believe in your statement, and and um and so I don't know two hundred thousand, and then they're they're drinking the pesticides. And, and death by pesticide, that's that's horrible. So I don't know. I think it makes it. Make, you know, what is the underlying statement that we should draw from that that these people have, have sacrificed to make? But leaving that behind, um, <clears throat> one of the things that I heard um, one of them say uh, was something like uh, that the problem where in, in deforestation. That they'll go through and then they'll they'll um, burn all the slash. So they'll take the big logs out and then they'll burn all the slash. And the guy says, you know what they ought to do is they ought to you know chip all that wood and leave it here. And I'm thinking, why chip all the wood? Yeah, you're just using more energy. You yeah. just yeah, you're using more energy and a lot of noise, a lot of work, and and uh, just yeah. just leave it there. Now, granted. You might be concerned about it being a fuel or something. Well, okay, you know, in that case, bring through a track hoe and bury it. Or um, uh, the other thing that you know, you could also stack it in such a way that that if a fire comes through, that it that it, it you know it's in piles or something. So that way, um, um, it's it's while it would be a fuel source, it, it wouldn't be a, a, a fuel source that'll move. It wouldn't be carrying the fire. But um, uh, there's just there's just better ways. Don't burn. Don't chip. There's better ways. Yeah. Well, and and some of the reasons for deforestation were they didn't go into that a lot. They they were really focusing on the soils. Um, but I you know they said something about deforesting to create all these catalogs and um, you know deforesting to have more farmland, but. But then the soils just get depleted. So, so some of that was a little vague and squishy to me. But um, I think I think they talked a lot about how important trees are, and they interviewed uh, the guy with tree people quite a bit. But most of the farms they showed didn't have trees. Which we, yeah. yeah yeah here's you know? here's the the example of what's good. Yes. We don't have trees either. Right. And, and but you should have trees. Right. And then over here, there's an example of what's bad, and it's you know it's the same thing. Well, they were doing things or, organic and a little less huge monoculture. I you know I did think the gal from the Bronx talking about um, rooftop gardens mm -hmm. was pretty cool, and the in um, the jail 
where they were teaching people how to grow food there. And when they came out, they had jobs for them to do some greening projects in the Bronx and Manhattan. And they were planting trees in the middle of the sidewalk. And I mean, there's just so many good things about having more green in the city, having more green and dirt and, and life in the city. Um, helps with energy, helps with cleaning the air, helps um, just helps people mentally and emotionally as well. And the thing they didn't say about this, they kept showing all these little cartoons of the microbes in the in the dirt. But the one thing I heard somewhere years ago, and I don't have the source for this, so take it. You know, you may want to verify, but um, I heard that there's a bacteria in the soil that actually increases the serotonin activity in your brain. So by getting your hands in the dirt and actually inhaling a little bit of dirt, you actually are a happier person. They talked about kids on the playground, you know, getting into less fights and things like that after they had more, because they were showing concrete playgrounds, and um, they were digging up some of the concrete to plant green things or have gardens for the kids in the playground. And someone said, but where will the kids play without the concrete? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, Those but, kids, they were so sad yeah. that we put in the concrete. But, now look at them. They're so happy they can play. But the principal said there was less fighting and stuff like that on the playground. And, and, and there is a calming effect. And I think there's some science behind it, too, uh, that there's things that make us happier by having more plant life around. Well, just imagine in L.A., this was in L.A., a concrete playground versus a playground with maybe some bushes and trees that might give you a little bit of a breeze in L.A. I mean, wouldn't you be happier? I, I, thought they made, I thought they made an excellent point about L.A. when they talked about, here we are importing all this water, but when the rain comes, we just flush it out to sea. Because everything's concrete, even yeah. though they made the rivers concrete. Yeah, and it's like right um, in those things, they could rig those up to hold on to that water. Yeah. And look at this enormous amount of water. Yeah. And and um, and and like the gal in the Bronx said, it's like okay, so since we put this rooftop garden in, then we retain seventy percent of the water. So seventy percent of the water that comes from the sky does it just never leaves here. And I'm just thinking, right on. Now, granted, I'm not a big fan of like you know the the urban stuff, but but yeah. there you go. There's there is something. Well, yeah, and 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 she had a really nice complex system of, you know, it it stayed on the rooftop, and then the excess came down to you know was probably filtered by that rooftop plant material, mm-hmm. and then came down through um, a drain pipe to a rain barrel, and she used that to uh, water her little. It was like a little patio garden, you okay. know, like an apartment garden. And it was it was amazing. But I think the knee-jerk reaction, I keep going to the everyman Joe in a lot of our podcasts, and I think the knee-jerk reaction of a lot of people is dirt is dirty or, you know, wow, why would you put dirt and plants on your roof? That would be bad for the roof. And, and you know, kids playing in dirt, you don't want them dirty. And all of these knee-jerk reactions. And, and the gal in the Bronx explained that actually roofs last, last a lot longer with a green roof. And there's just so many 
environmental and energy benefits to it that when you start crunching real numbers about it, it's it's so much better to have a good dirt. So <clears throat> along, you know, one of the things you just said there just kind of triggers something. Yeah. There was that one gal who said, everybody loves to get their hands in the dirt. And so I, to me that was just one of those statements where I felt like, you know, the movie would be twice as good if they went through and took that stuff and edited <laughs> it out instead of making sure it was in there. You just have to find one person who does not like to touch dirt, and now that what that woman said is, is an utter lie, and she's an idiot. So, And I'm sure that that woman doesn't mean that. She's just saying that. She's just whatever. But you know what? I, I just kind of feel like let's not give it's, – it's hard enough to convey this message without giving the, the naysayer poopy pants people traction, to give, give them something to, to dismiss the whole – everything that's being said – as as wrong because we have one person who is less than accurate. Mm -hmm. So I, I just you know I just kind of would like to ask the people making these movies, you know what, go through the movie and if you know somebody says something that um, you know have have somebody that's a logician go through <laughs> and and like say okay that statement cannot possibly be true because you just find one you just got to go ask Paris Hilton do you like do you like dirt oh no ew. And then there you go, take that out. Yeah, yeah not turns out not everybody likes it. And then they're like, uh, they did that thing. And they said, uh, uh, you know, here we have everybody who wants to come here and and, and learn about planting trees or, or something like that. And we looked at this big line of four-year-olds. It's like they didn't come here to learn anything. They came here because their parents brought them here. You know, uh, so these little things just bug me. Mostly because I just see them as fuel for people who could learn from this, but who then just end up rejecting the whole thing because of little things like that. And and um, I, I think you know people who make these movies, they make the movie, they broadcast only, and they hardly ever hear anything that's being said. Whereas with the, my little stupid YouTube videos, I hear everything that's being said. Well, what I cringe at, and, and it was in the middle of the food matters, and it was in the middle of this one, too, is more of the spiritual element. And 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 I cringe at that because I think that will be off-putting to a lot of people. It goes, me, goes back to a former boss I had who was actually a very devout Christian, but he knew the most off-putting question you could ask someone is, do you believe in Jesus Christ? <laughs> and he actually used that to drive a telemarketer off the phone once. <laughs> yeah. And he was a Christian. I just think spiritual beliefs are so varied and so sensitive that any time you start getting into, oh, well, there's, you know, the, this, I don't know, this magic, this God or this, you know, and they didn't mention God in the movie or anything, but there was something kind of spiritual they went into at one point, just very briefly, and I can't remember the specifics on it, but that's what gives me a knee-jerk reaction about, you know, people have varied beliefs in that area, and, and you're going to drive more people away than you're going to bring people in if you're touching on things that people don't like to hear about. I, I agree. So, like, for example, you know, there's a lot of stuff in Seth Holzer's stuff about spirituality with the things that he does. Mm -hmm. 
which I think are really cool. Yeah. But I, I am, at the same time, there are other elements of spirituality in the permaculture world that I hear about. Well, and, and there's a lot that I hear that I think are really cool. And for everyone I hear that's really cool, there's probably five that I hear where I kind of think, oh, yeah, I, I, it I just... It doesn't work for you. How can I dodge this one, you know? And, yeah, it doesn't work for me. It's, right. like, not really well aligned. And um, mm-hmm. it gets into this very complicated space for which, yeah, I, I, I feel like a... And I and I do know, and I agree with you. I think I think you just end up driving a lot of people off. Um, and uh, but who am I to talk about driving people off? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I brought up all kinds of, you know, I brought up sex and religion, you know, and politics. Porn. Talking about this stuff, so I'm doing my share of driving people off too. I think. I think it's I I yeah. I think that you might have two different movies. You know, one where it's like visiting different forms of spirituality and like, you know, but hey, you know what, I don't want to even get into that. Uh, looking at my list, making sure, looking, so I'm looking, going through, okay, covered that, 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 that. Here's a neat one. Here's one that, that so they tried to show this message of like, look at how they're destroying the earth with this massive equipment. And my thought was, cool, look at that massive equipment. <laughs> wow, I had no idea they had a contraption like that. I mean, what was that thing? It was like it was like digging into the ground, but it was like 40 stories tall. They were mining. They yeah. were mining. It was yeah. it was amazing. I mean, of course, you know, horribly wrong and twisted in so many ways. But just the feat of engineering that was accomplished there just seems so cool. Yeah, there's nothing but wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with appreciating um, human ingenuity, you know, and 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 amazing machinery. That you know, that's like appreciating a rocket ship. Wow, look, <laughs> it can leave our atmosphere. You know, <laughs> this, it's going to go blow up that other country. <laughs> But look, it can actually get over there that fast. It's going like 10,000 miles an hour. Right. How cool is that? Right, right. So, yeah, yeah, no, uh, it was uh, just, it was it was really cool. Uh, the mining, I mean, I, I'm doing a lot of work in the space of, like, trying, because, of course, they were saying that, you know, it's it's coal. It was for coal, and which is, um, you know, goes into power production. And I have, just in the last year alone, I've done a huge amount of work in trying to um, reduce, you know, make it so people can be perfectly comfortable in a home um, with, you know, I did the 87% less heat, and we got the power bill yesterday, and it might actually turn out to be that it was more than 90% that I cut, but I'm going to leave the article at 87%. Uh, And then um, uh, uh, the Wafati, where you don't have to heat it at all, and and then there's going to be um, rocket mass heaters where you're heating your home with uh, nothing but uh, um, you know the twigs and branches that you prune off of your trees. Um, but yeah, I, I I really do believe that you know it would be good to get away from coal and petroleum. I mean, there's a, a, a some uh, some places still use enormous amounts of petroleum to generate their electricity. And so um, it would be good to, you know, cut those, eliminate those, et cetera. And, and uh, I, I still believe that the, the best form of doing all this is just simply conservation. And um, 
I think that we're going to see we're going to see conservation happen one way or another. I think that you know over the next few years people could see. I mean, what, what, is it not plausible that um, the, the the rates for power could be um, tripled, quadrupled, something like that, go up by a factor of ten? Um, well, there's just so many, many different factors in there that that's a whole big, you know, the whole economic descent, the um, energy descent, there are, are um, I want to say the different minerals and the, you know, different things we can mine, you know, that we're at peak levels and we're descending in that area too, besides um, <clears throat> all of our building blocks of society a lot of people think are in descent and that and yet people have thought we were going to be doing this in the 60s and 70s too or the 70s so I think I think there's more facts and science for it now but I still think that's a whole huge can of worms to open up and try and discuss it's just too too massive too much to talk about I I think it just makes sense to um, you save money if you conserve. That's a huge reason right there. And you pollute less if you conserve. I I just think those are elegantly simple reasons to conserve and use less. So <clears throat> there was an example in there about composting fish waste. Yes. And, um, and a friend of ours, uh, Bud, he, he talks about composting fish waste too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and I, I really want to ask these people, and I keep meaning to ask Bud, like, you know, why don't you take this fish waste, which is, I guess, going to be like the heads and the tails and the guts and whatever else, um, why not feed it to animals that are omnivores or carnivores? You know, mm -hmm. cats. Can it not be cat food? I mean, you know, uh, uh, what about feeding it to um, pigs? Well, I, I do think a lot of um, pet food is made from factory byproducts. So, you know, a lot of chicken byproducts and, and beef byproducts and other meat byproducts, and maybe even that's where they get some of their fish byproducts for the cat food. That from some of the factory situations, probably does go into pet food already. Pet food, as you were talking about with, I've heard you talk about with chicken feed and other types of farm animal feed, a lot of times that's the grain that's not good enough for human consumption, so it's made into animal feed. Well, I, from what little I've read about cat and dog food, it's, all kinds of byproduct stuff gets <laughs> put from factories. Right. Gets put in. You know what? I, I, I like with cats. Um, I just like. What about the whole raw food thing for for um, the cats and the dogs, where they're feeding them more meat? And and I and I also kind of think, you know what? Um, if we were to have the offal from fish or or you know whatever this stuff is, and offer it separately to whatever it is they're currently being fed, and then they choose this over that, I think that this is a better food for them than what they're currently being fed. Now, granted, we could, I, I think we could probably, it would probably fill 100 books to talk about what might be the best thing to feed for dogs 
or cats, and we'd still be wrong. And um, but but you know, a, a good way of going about it is give them choice. Right. Well, getting back to I, what I think is brilliant about your idea of taking that fish waste and feeding it directly to something instead of composting it is, so I've. In a lot of my conversations with you, you've always brought up, well, let's find the direct, simple way to do something instead of all this energy-intensive composting, and then you're returning it to the soil. Why not just do chop and drop right there, or just, you know, why take the weeds away, just uproot them if, if it's in a, you know, if you're in a small place, in a larger place, you just let the you know, <clears throat> anyway, and then there's weeds and then there's not weeds, too, or there's weeds you want, weeds you don't want. So, <clears throat> but I think your idea of the full farm ecosystem of, you know, so much of the waste is consumed by animals, and then the animals convert it into even more, um, you know, plant-friendly stuff. Poop? Yeah. Yeah, that that it's so much simpler, and then the animals are doing work for you. That you know, instead of doing compost piles that you have to turn and maintain, you know, just put that directly out there. Give it to the animals, or put it directly out there. Have the animals rotate it around. It it it's changed how I think a lot about gardening and. Um, things that are considered waste. I mean, we were talking um, just the other day about water use and, and human um, outputs and not calling those waste. Um, that, you know, there's so many things that come out of our kitchens and come out of our homes and out of our gardens that we treat as waste when there's just much simpler ways to handle them so that you it's less work. I don't know. So you're agreeing with me? Yes. Good. Yes. <laughs> I just changed. I said it in, in about ten different ways than you would say it, but but it's just different. I mean, I think you know we think it's a lot of work to take our our kitchen scraps and turn it into fertilizer, but it doesn't have to be. Just like right. the fish, you know, they were going to a lot of work. They were combining it with sawdust, and then they were using big tractors to turn it over, and in eight months they had compost. Yay! And then the compost was getting trucked and sold and put in plastic bags probably. And, you know, but there was a lot of work, a lot of energy use, and a lot of additional, you know, waste going into taking that fish waste and making compost out of it. Whereas if it's going directly somewhere, you know, it's kind of finding a more energy efficient method of getting rid of it. So I, I changed what you were trying to say. Yeah, I, I would think, <clears throat> you know, um, without processing it so much, just package it and sell it as cat food or... Um, I don't know. It seems like cats would be a great place to sell it. It seems like dogs would probably, you know, enjoy a fair bit of it. Probably not as much as cats. Um, but you know, yeah, um, um, chickens. I mean, I, I do kind of wonder about if you feed it to chickens and hogs, 
is it going to end up tasting that way? Um, on the other hand, um, uh, I don't know. I, I just can't help but think that that it's something. Um, I mean, they, they, apparently there were problems with taking it back out to sea, right? Well, and at the same time, it seems like um, where's the money to be made in taking it back out to sea? Make money keeping it in on land. Well, the, what was happening is if they were dumping it all, they had such huge amounts of it. These fishing boats that if they dumped it all at once, one place, they would funk it one was, spot. Yeah, yeah, and so um, people were wanting it for soil to build soil. So. That's why they were turning it into compost. They were very excited about that. Well, <clears throat> I, I thought it was a lot of work. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, and the, the last thing on my list is that they had a guy that that had rigged up something to get energy from soil. So he had like a he had like some kind of electric thing that he called he it a, a microbial fuel cell or something, soil yeah. microbe fuel cell. So somehow if you're in rich soil and you stick these these proby looking things into the soil, then he could power a light. And so he showed, he, he fired up a light. It was probably mm -hmm. an LED light. Probably right. Probably a lot. But, right. And, and uh, I thought, okay, so I, I had two parts. One was I thought, oh, whoa, never heard of that before. That's pretty cool. And then my other thought was, is like, okay, how does that screw up the soil? Only we just don't know about it yet, you know. So then, if we start sticking these everywhere, we're going to find out like 20 years down the road how it screws everything up. When I when I first saw what he was doing, my first knee jerk thought was, "Oh, he's doing a more scientific version of the Jean Payne method." But it, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't yeah, that. No, at all. it wasn't that. No. <laughs> yeah, the Jean Payne method is far more aligned with nature, I think. Yeah. You know, far more direct, far simpler system. Yeah, and you know, it was he was kind of harvesting electricity from the microbes somehow. Kind yeah. of it's getting a, a, a I got this electron stuck on me and I can't get it off. Oh look, here's this convenient thing I can wipe my boogers on, I mean my electrons on, and then I can go on my life. It's so good now. And so then, you know, the electron, of course, ooh, now we have power, electricity. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how it was getting, that's how it was getting its power from, from all the little microbials coming along and the wiping off their excess electrons or something like that. So. Yeah, it, it was, it was interesting and interesting, innovative. It'll be interesting to see if we hear more in the coming years about that or not. True, true, yeah. and and uh, and I'm kind of curious what else it it does for the soil. <clears throat> so, um, all right. So overall, um, I thought that the movie had. I mean, you know, I'm probably not a, in many ways a fair judge about whether folks would like this movie or not. Just like I'm a horrible judge at some of the other ones we've talked about. Because I feel like, well, we knew all of that already. And um, so there's nothing new there. But I think a lot of people don't know a lot of this stuff. And so, I mean, that's, it, it, it still amazes me that people want to listen to this podcast. <laughs> so does everybody already know this stuff? <clears throat> but apparently um, my twist is different. I don't know. 
Well, I, I liked this one better than The Food Matters. I just felt it was um, presented better. Um, I thought the information was a little more uh, robust, less repeat. You know, I, I thought some of the same points in Food Matters were repeated, and there was less repeating of key points in this movie. I just thought the, the flow was better, the people were better. This one had little animated soil microbe guys. <laughs> one of them was wearing overalls. I was wondering if you were going to mention that. <laughs> so working a little animation into it. I have no idea. I, I wish I could. I knew how to work animation into my little YouTube videos. You know, that, that'd be cool. Um, but so big, big perk, big, big uh, pluses there. But no, it did. It did seem to me to be you know a little bit better made, a little bit. And that that gal from um, Africa, the she's a Nobel laureate, right? And I can't remember her name, but she told the little uh, fable about the hummingbird. That was really that was really good. Yeah. <clears throat> I I'd never heard that before. Yeah. And uh, that was awesome. Yeah. So watch watch the movie for the fable. Oh, you're not gonna you're not gonna try <laughs> your hand at it. I mean, if it's an old fable, then it's been told. A, a billion times, so right. Well, it's you, not like you can tell it if you want. <clears throat> All right, so well, I'm going to try here. So there's a big old fire in the forest, mm. and then um, uh, all the animals kind of ran from the fire. And when they got far enough away, they were safe. They turned around, they looked back at the fire, and they all said, "Damn, this sucks." <laughs> Well, they didn't say that. They were mesmerized. Hey, hey, hey who's telling the, the story? <laughs> they were mesmerized by the fire. Okay. And they all were sitting around saying, damn, this sucks. Fine. And and uh, <laughs> you had the opportunity to tell it your way. <laughs> you opted out. That's true. I did. So then there's this little teeny tiny hummingbird who then raced over to a river and got a single drop of water and carried the drop of water over the the fire and dropped it. And and then went back and got another one and did it again and kept doing it over and over and over again. And then and the other animals are like, what the hell are you doing? So the hummingbird explained that, you know, I got to do something. I can't just sit here and do nothing. I have to do something. And maybe it's making no difference at all. But maybe it is. And it was, I'm doing what I can. I'm doing what I can. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. And, and you know what is, the, for stuff along these lines, that if you're going to watch a movie that is powerfully compelling, I mean, granted, this one had a lot of information in it that was good. And it had the little story, the little animated elephants and, and the uh, animated hummingbird, and then the animated... Uh, soil microbes and stuff like that. But I really think um, the man who planted trees, you know, that pretty much tells it. It was, it was amazingly enjoyable. I mean, I, I would rate the man who planted trees higher, and it conveys a stronger message. Another good one would be to go out to YouTube and find um, that TED Talks thing with uh, Willie Smith. And, uh, TED Talks has its own videos. You don't have to go to YouTube. Yeah, okay. So go to TED Talks. I, all I know is that when I want to go find this video, I go out to YouTube and I find it on YouTube. 
Um, <clears throat> and I don't remember why, but uh, I, maybe because I'm used to the YouTube interface. Um, and uh, uh, Willie Smith talks about how uh, uh, Borneo, talks about Borneo, coming into Borneo, desert, people there need clean water, uh, they don't have jobs, it's, it's horrible, it's de desertified, it used to be a jungle 100 years ago, but they cut all that down for reasons I don't remember. But anyway, the, the, the thing is, it's awful, it's horrible, it's nasty, it's terrible, all that kind of stuff, all the stuff that we saw in this movie. Only um, he, could, he took 20,000 acres and started planting trees like crazy. Basically, it sounded very much like the permaculture system to me. Mm -hmm. And after three years since he started, after three years, and they've got, they're measuring everything. They have measured a 20% increase in precipitation. I mean, that's the message right there, really. And then they, he also showed, like, here's this building... Um, when we started, and here it is three years later, and the, the the trees are as high as the rooftop of the building, you know, and and it's like they're they're just bringing it all back, bringing it all back, and it's uh, I mean that's I I thought there was in fact there was a couple times in this movie where I was kind of get I I thought I'd better get the paper out, I'm gonna write down the names of these people that are that are doing Willie Smith's like stuff, but there was nothing. You know, I like that. Yeah. The the one thing that was um, inspiring, I think, or could be inspiring for a lot of um, permies.com uh, contributors was the CSA in upstate New York. You know, that was a successful, if modest, business, and they were they weren't doing they were doing everything in rows with all the naked dirt yeah. and everything, but. But, um, you know, the one guy loved his work and was so happy he had health care. It's the first job he'd had in a long period of time where he had health care. And, and health care is so freaky expensive that I do think that's a sign of business success if you're buying health care for your people. True. So, so um, in terms of farm income, which is a big uh, forum on permies. Uh, true. True. So. <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> back back to the list of uh, uh, you know along the lines of this movie, uh -huh. Jeff Lawton's work in Jordan, right. and and so you've got um, the first part which was greening the desert, where he did the greening part, and then he's got the uh, the second part where um, it's you know all green seven years later despite you know change of ownership a couple of times and whatnot. Definitely worth a watch. So, anything else to say about this show? Not that I can think of. I stayed awake. You stayed awake. <laughs> That's an important part, an important feature, an important testament there. <laughs> well, if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com, where we talk about rich soil, homesteading, and permaculture all the time.